Okay, wow. I think I know what everyone is thinking and what an intro. I do not know a better way to kick off our very first EPL State of Mind podcast trailer. I'm uh, super excited. Um, myself, James Cesarero, uh, will hopefully bring you a lot of great entertainment with fellow co-hosts, Sean Larkin and Kyle Mansley. All good looking guys, just ready to talk about the EPL. Uh, myself, an Arsenal fan, Kyle Mansley, a Man City fan, and Sean Larkin with the pool boys. So Sean, tall, dark, and handsome, Let's get you going. Let's hear that voice so everyone can get used to the angelic. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've never been described as dark or handsome before, so I appreciate that. But um, as, as the people will not be able to tell, I am see-through in uh, skin pigment. So, But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, you're not too far off on, uh, you know, translucentness either, but you make it up for all the exciting hot takes that you're going to bring to us. Yeah, um, just excited to be here, rooting for my boys in blue. Uh, like James said, get ready for a bunch of hot takes. I'm very strong opinionated, and you might agree, disagree with a lot of stuff I say, but you're going to come for the ride anyway. So get ready. Beautiful, boys. Well, we're doing it. We're excited. We've had a couple meetings for a kickoff. No one really thought a podcast would be coming out of this motley crew, uh, but we just want to talk EPL, and hopefully the goal of our you know, podcast for all of you viewers is to get you excited from here in the States on the English Premier League, uh, advance your knowledge for it, or get you going. So the format of our trailer here is pretty much just going to go right into halfway point where we're going to kick off and we're going to talk about a few really important games halfway through the season because it's better late than ever to get started on this. Uh, we'll also give you a little quick preview uh, with a rundown of what's in sight for our next episode. But I know everyone's excited, so we're going to pop right into this and start with our who to watch for, top games. And we're going to start off with our favorite derby for Saturday morning at 7.30, Man City versus Man U. This is second place versus fourth place, and the results could lead with a Man U being one point behind City. And will they enter the title race with that W? So why don't we start off? open forum for you boys. What does everyone think about the possible results for this? And who, obviously, we want to say Man City, Kyle, is with the upper hand, but, you know, Man U, Eric Tang, Hang, oof, that's a rough one. Uh, yeah, so I'm clearly going to put Manchester City winning at a 4-1 to final. Uh, Pep Guardiola strategically lost today to give his players another couple days rest and get their heads just focused on this matchup. No more of that Carabao Cup nonsense. But um, players to look out for. Got to look out for Holland, of course. Uh, look out for De Bruyne, obviously. But Mares, Mares has been in freak form lately. Get ready for him. See him scoring one coming in from the right, bending one to the left, left side. You know how it is. And then, you know, we just got to lock down on defense. Manchester United's offense is no joke this year. They come forward with Rashford, Anthony. I mean, even Erickson. They're they're coming. So I can see us letting one through, but I think we're gonna get four. All right, low, low ball on Man United. I personally, as an Arsenal fan, am scared of Man United and the run they have. Kyle, I know we were talking about before about what run Man U has been on, but if you do look back on their past five results, you don't really have anyone above the top 10 there. So is that something that we got to watch out for, Sean? I know you are 
the mastermind and a memory lock on all things sports and EPL. What, what should we be expecting from Eric's squad coming out on Saturday morning? Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at their performance in the, the Liverpool match earlier this year, I think they can kind of take some inspiration from that performance and try to apply it here. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of different uh, mentalities between how Man City play and Liverpool play. Um, but overall, the high pressing, making sure that, you know, they're closing guys down. They're not um, allowing the top players to have time on the ball. Um you know, if, if United's able to set up their press early and, and get after that back line, um, it might be a, a little bit closer match than our boy Kyle thinks. Um, United's in pretty good form over the last five or six games. They've, they've done pretty well. Um, so you have to keep an eye out for them. It, it'll be an interesting matchup for sure. I just know that this man from Ajax is not something to mess around with. I saw a fact and a stat earlier this week that he's the first or the fastest Man United coach to come in and get 20 wins. This is over Sir Alex Ferguson, the great. I mean, this guy, we all thought maybe in the beginning it was doomsday. Brought in a couple of Ajax players. Thought this was just to become a Netherlands team. But he is he has weathered the storm of Cristiano Ronaldo and has found possibly some new light in this. So I'm with you, Sean. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be a big moment for Man City to reassert themselves into, hey, we're not, we're not fading off. We're only going harder from here. And, you know, Kyle, maybe without the Carabao Cup, maybe they did that strategically. I think you might be right. Screw that. I don't think anyone is excited for that. I think we're all excited for a possible Nottingham 4 Southampton final Ooh. now that that's <laughs> possibly in the cards. You know, it's crazy. But I am uh, I'm very eerie about this game it could be similar to what arsenal's faced in the beginning of the season when they went on a tear everyone was saying oh you know not a top 10 squad they played when they went on a squad on a run and then they faced man U and ultimately lost i won't bring up the questionable var decision when martin udegaard <laughs> fouls christian erickson but i don't want to talk about that there's no need for that um so i'm excited to see what it is personally yeah. i'm yeah go ahead sean no, no, sorry for cutting you off. The other thing I was going to say is you have to keep in mind this game's at Old Trafford, which, um, you know, maybe gives United a little bit of an edge. Obviously, the first matchup between these teams was not close to an even matchup. However, um, and like you've talked about, I think Ten Hag's kind of asserted himself in that dressing room and kind of made the team his own, uh, specifically how he handled the Ronaldo incident. And, you know, clearly going forward, he's the leader of that, that club. You know what I mean? He's the number one. There's no player that's going to be bigger than him. So um, it'll be interesting. I think they're in pretty good form, as we discussed before. I think they've won four of their last five. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a good one. I'm going to go 2-2 for a draw. That's my prediction, but we'll see. I think that first goal is going to be crucial for this game. If it's, you know, it's at Old Trafford. Manchester City has a long history of letting up the first goal, switching their style, and then just not getting their goal. So they need to silence that crowd fast for their goal, get the lead, and then play their game. Don't let them get on their heels. Don't let anything happen. But the other thing I'm interested to see would be how Manchester United comes out this time. Because this is going to be their first game back since Ten Hag has incorporated the $200,000 maximum payout per week in the locker room. So you do have players in the locker room that are taking pay cuts now. Everyone's going to be on the same footing salary-wise. So I'm interested to see if that makes them come together or if that actually brings some separation the players not like in this group. I'm interested to see how that plays out, too. I, I don't know the basics or the, or the structure that they have 
So it will be an interesting thing to follow out through the season and see if that sticks, if it's legit, if it's just a scare tactic. But uh, this is going to be a scary game on Saturday. And I'm, uh, you know, depending on what we do Friday night, it could be a very early morning, Saturday morning at 730 at Old Trafford. So awesome. All right. Now I think it's time to talk about the team everyone has been talking about this season. The one the only Gunners. So Arsenal versus Tottenham, the North London Derby. We've seen this matchup already this year. Arsenal came up on top with a 3-1 victory uh, where we were featured a red card by Emerson Royale. Also a possible debatable red card. I think it was, but if I'm a Tottenham fan, I'm unhappy about it. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm happy about it. It could be roles reversed if the shoe was on the other foot. But let's talk about that. I want to kick off with you, Kyle, because I know you're a secret Gunners fan. You love all of our boys. So, Kyle, let's let's hear what you think the implications are to this uh, game. Implications are massive. So, James, let me ask you. When they played first time, Arsenal went up two to nothing, correct? And then, then they let up that third, or they let up their first goal as the third goal. So it was Thomas Party from outside of the box. Just because of my beautiful photographic memory of it, he got a pass from the right side of the field, perfect weight, and had a beautiful curler. Went straight past Hugo, no no shot, no chance about it. I only say because Thomas Party last season, every time he got that ball outside of the box, I said, do not shoot it. I wanted to cut his foot off, but this was a beautiful <laughs> one. We went up one nothing. And then we went down, uh, then we tied it up. Uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. The Spurs tied it up with a Harry Kane, pen- Harry Kane penalty at 31 minutes. Gabriel Jesus came back in the second half with a with a go-ahead goal. And then shortly after the Emerson, Emerson Royale red card, we had Granite Shaka to clean up and solidify the victory. So that was always a good time. So it was 3-1, Arsenal. It was 1-1, 2-1, 3-1. Gotcha. All right, well... Um... I mean, the implications speak for themselves in this game. With Manchester's playing each other, there could be anywhere from a two-point gap to an eight-point gap at the top of the table after this weekend. So, I mean, do the math for yourself. If there's an eight-point gap, historically speaking, no team has ever come back this late in the season from that big of a point difference. So, Arsenal could be sitting very pretty come Monday or take the shoe off, and they could be very, very close to not taking this chip. Two points. It could be one game. And City has to play Arsenal twice still. So that's going to be humongous implications. But I think as long as Arsenal gets out there, they play their game, they're going to have enough fans no matter what. It's a North London derby. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a brutal game. They just have to stay strong, go in for the challenges, and just play their game. I think they have the strongest side. It's going to be tough. It's at White Hart Lane, too. So going over to there, Sean, I mean, tell me about the Spurs because, you know, I'm not going to be biased at all when I say anything about Spurs. So I think it's better coming from you. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, obviously the fact that it's at Tottenham, it, it gives him a little bit of an advantage. But um, the other thing I would mention, just because he didn't play in the first part of, or he didn't play in the first match this season, was Kulisevsky. And I believe he's been in training this week and should be uh, available for the game this weekend. Um, he's a huge difference maker. I mean, you just see it sometimes when he comes off the bench for Tottenham. They look like two completely different teams when he's on the field versus when he's injured or, you know, when he's on the bench. And I think he could prove to be pivotal um, if Tottenham does pull off the upset. And it's kind of crazy to say that, but I think 
it would be an upset if Arsenal does lose just based on how, how well they've played this year. And, and as you mentioned, they really have only lost the one game in the league. So should be interesting. Yep, I'm, I'm very scared of Kulisesi over there. But uh, <laughs> when he is on the pitch at the same time as Sun, we have seen a, a downward trend in Sun's results, goals, assists, playmaking. So I think that's something that Tottenham's got to figure out because they have, on paper, some of the scariest attack. I mean, anytime you're leading with Kane is extremely tough to beat. He's, I believe, you'll have to fact check me on this one. I believe he's one goal away from tying Wayne Rooney on EPL leading goal, uh, second EPL leading goal scorer, I think, right? Is that, that's something I'll have to see if that's the case, but... um do a little fat check yeah, for that. You are correct about that. Uh, he's ten. He's ten off of, of Wayne Rooney. Um, so he's he's two two off of two hundred though. So he'd only be the third player ever to reach that mark. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's also in pretty good pretty good form just based off the, how they've played the last few games. Um, but I, personally, I mean, you're you're gonna. I know you're gonna agree with me, Tess, but I think I'm gonna take Arsenal to win this one. I think it'll be a three two score. I, I agree. I agree. I'm not a betting man for Arsenal games because last year we all know how that ended for me. But this year, <laughs> I, uh, I'm hoping otherwise. Kyle, what's your take, my man? Uh, I just want to resort back to what Sean was saying. He had said there were you know two players to reach over 200 goals. Who's the third player? Uh, Alan Shearer is the all-time leading scorer in the Prem with 260. Um, yep, mostly Newcastle. He also played with Blackburn uh, in the in the mid 90s. Um, and then obviously Waza, Wayne Rooney, and then Harry Kane. It'll be interesting to see if there's anybody active who, who really even threatens that mark. Uh, I think Vardy is the next one up, and he's like 70 goals off. So it's a pretty, pretty remarkable feat for Kane to be uh, you know, where he is right now, even, even kind of in a stage of his career where he's got a lot of good years of football left. So, you know, I saw a post, I believe it was uh... – Bleacher Report, um, and Real Madrid, who's been searching for a possible next kin up top, has now supposedly redirected their focus in the transfer market in the summer with Harry Kane's uh, contract coming up next year after this season. He's got one more season left with Hotspurs. And he does, you know, Dan Levy does not want to let $100 million go walk away for free. So this could be Harry Kane's last North London Derby. So that's something interesting to think about. There might be a little extra chip on his shoulder to make it a memorable one. But Real Madrid coming in and trying to check it out, trying to see what he's like. You know, they had the failed attempt on Mbappe. So we'll see how that is. Well, we're going back to this game. I mean, that's the guy you got to shut down. You know, Harry Kane's been on a tear lately. He's scoring goals in almost every game. Yeah. You know, he's one of the few spots on Spurs right now. Post-World Cup, but, he's coming back with a, a chip on his shoulder, man. Of course. I'll let him take a but PK, though. I'll let him take a PK during this game. <laughs> Low blow? I was, I was going to say, was the chip, was that uh, was that intentional? Or are you trying to be funny? Though? <laughs> he chipped it over the bar? Oh, yeah. Big time. Just a bit outside. But yeah, looking at Arsenal, um, I would say before James tears me apart for hot takes or anything, but uh, I think two of the key players to look for there would be Martinelli and Odegaard. 
those two guys, when they're on their game, controlling the ball and passing back and forth to anyone else, they look scary. But, you know, like I said, I'm sure James will come in with some actual facts. Yeah, I mean, just carry off of that Real Madrid train. Thank you, Real. Martin Udegaard, one of the midfield maestros of the season so far. I mean, I just get excited when, when he's playing on the pitch. When you, you can tell when Arsenal's off because Martin is not having a good game. He is such a great distributor of the ball, especially with the threats, like you said, Martinelli on the left and Saka on the right. Eddie's doing a great job coming in. I was so convinced that this January transfer window, we were going to need a replacement for Jesus. And right now, Eddie shut me up, I'm, which I'm happy for a surprise on that. I still think he's not. It's early. Yeah, it's early. He's, he's not him, in my opinion. He's not him, but I love him. He's you know an academy guy. Ever since, I believe it was the other London team, Chelsea dropped him from his academy. We scooped him up. Leading goal scorer for under 21 of England. Let's get that Eddie rolling. Let's get that going. I mean, yeah, I think we need some depth up top. And hopefully the Mudrick transfer rumors of Shakhtar goes through and doesn't break the bank for us. But at the beginning of the season, I know I talked to you about this, uh, Sean. But I don't think in my entire life on this planet of being an Arsenal fan, I have been this excited preseason for the Gunners. So tomorrow, I'm, I mean, Sunday, I'm very, very excited for that. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's probably the biggest game of Mikel Arteta's tenure um, in a lot of ways. We talked about it a little bit in the past, but they kind of... It's, in my opinion, it still feels like City's going to win the league. But winning a game like this will go a long way in, in Arsenal really throwing the gauntlet down and saying, you know, we're, we're legit, we're here, and we're, you know, we expect to win the title. I know Kyle made the point before that no one's ever lost the league at this point, late in the season with, with that type of gap. But, um, I mean, this game is absolutely massive for those title hopes. And, you know, we'll see if they're exposed as pretenders. But like I said before, I do think uh, Arsenal does pull this one off. I just think Tottenham is a complete shambles in the back. Before the hope of an Arsenal fan kills me, like previous seasons, I like how we ended on that. So why don't we segue right on to, I think, the next one. And, and Sean, this is right up your wheelhouse. I think it's a a low-key, very, very hot game as well and that's Liverpool Brighton you know they're not in contention I think they're both in contention right now for European play next year and even finishing top four and who knows Liverpool's got the ability to go on a tear towards the end of the season finish maybe maybe two maybe three in my opinion I think they're out of the title race but I think Brighton also right there one point between the two of them sitting at six Liverpool eight Brighton Sean what's going on man yeah, I mean, this game couldn't have come at a worse time, too. If you look at the last five results that Liverpool's had against Brighton, there's three draws, a loss, and one victory, um, including that draw at Anfield earlier this year where they were just complete mess defensively. Uh, we actually watched that game together. And, I mean, I, I'd love to you know get sit up here and pretend to have like tons of confidence in Liverpool, but... The performances lately are really, really poor, especially with Van Dyke, um, you know, hit, hitting the bench uh, with the hamstring injury. 
Um, he's not. He's not in the lineup. You think on? No, he's he's out. He's oh, out man. injured. He's out at least uh, this match, and then I think they're going to reassess going forward. But um, I I really think that this is Brighton's game uh, to win. Uh, I think to the point that you made before, um, this could be a huge moment for them to establish themselves as as real contenders for uh, European football. So it'll be interesting. Um, Got to keep an eye on your boy Matoma, who's oh, in yeah. absolutely lightning form uh, on the left wing. And they got Alex McAllister back from from Argentina uh, off winning the World Cup. So they have some players that playing with a lot of confidence. Um, and they know they can get at this Liverpool team. I mean, the midfield is very suspect and the defense is, uh, you know, a little bit banged up with injury. So it, it'll definitely be uh, a tight one at the Amex. Yeah, I mean they're not in the house that Van Dyke built essentially, and 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 especially with it being away, he he's out. I do agree. I think they're exposed in the back, man. I think they're exposed, especially on that left side with Matoma and McAllister. I think it's gonna be really interesting to see who the gaffer picks for Brighton to start over there. I mean, just two weeks ago with Brighton versus Arsenal, I I couldn't believe who this guy was, Matoma. Where'd he come from? You know, supposedly this guy made a thesis. His final study was just him talking about the act of dribbling. He GoPro'd his head, and that was his thesis. I mean, this guy, I, you know, came out of nowhere. Student of the game. Student, student, student of, of the, the game. game. Game respects game. And when you write a, a theatrical thesis on that side of the field, that's, uh, that's, that's trouble. You know, I do, uh, I do want to point out to Liverpool's bright side, I think you guys have a lot of potential on your attacking half, if you guys can get that going. I mean, welcome Cody Gapko. I mean, like, come on. What a signing early in the January transfer window. I believe they had it even done before it opened. They were just waiting for formal paperwork. I can't say I was mm-hmm. too impressed with the cup game that he was in the other day, but also first game with the squad. He's excited to get in there. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard to judge a guy off of uh, one game after like three or four days training with with a team, um, but he's gonna have to play right away with Jota out injured, with Diaz out until the, you know late in the season, um, and Firmino also banged up. They need him right now. He's got. He's gonna have to step in and and kind of have uh, or hopefully have an, an impact similar to Diaz had for for Liverpool after they bought him in the January window last year. Because, I mean, if he doesn't, it's it, it could get really ugly really fast. Um, especially in the game, like we said, we talked about Brighton before, um, and the form that they're in. Um, I mean, they've just been ripping it up in the last. Uh, nine games, they've scored 26 goals, almost three a game uh, for you math folks at home, which, uh, you know, for a team that's not necessarily always controlling the ball, that's really impressive and, um, you know, very clinical finishing as well. So I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we got we got a lot of tight ones this weekend. That's exciting. So, Kyle, why don't we uh, we'll wrap it up with you with your final thoughts on the on the Liverpool Brighton game? Yeah, who 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 you taking on this one? You're putting down some money. You're getting some betting. What do we have? I'm pushing for a two-two draw during this game. Uh, I can see it being high-scoring with defensive blunders going to being imminent with no Van Dyke. I mean, that's that's tough. You can't replace a man like that, but you can try. And the way you try is with young talent and with good coaching. 
So I think Liverpool sees both of those on a daily basis. Jurgen Klopp, you know, you don't even have to say how good he is. But like, like uh, Sean was saying, no Diaz, no Jota, no Firmino, that's tough. I mean, he's going to have to rely on the new guys. He's going to have to rely on Salah a lot. And I can see it one goal and then an answer, another goal and an answer. I think Brighton's going to capitalize on big, quick attacks, a lot of counters, and try to exploit some holes in defense. But I think if Liverpool can control the ball, try to just move it up like old Barcelona used to, just keep possession up until the enemy's 18-yard box and then find that one pass, find that shot, I think that's how they do it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. As long as nu- uh, Nunez can find from the right side of the pitch that left back post he's been searching so, so hard for, once he gets rolling, I know he's not going to stop. For all you gamblers out there, we do have the odds for the game featured from DraftKings. You got Liverpool right now. Vegas is showing them at plus 110. But Brighton's not too far off with plus 245. Obviously, Liverpool listed here as the favorites, but only one point separates the two. So it's going to be a close one as well. I'm going to stay off the betting table this weekend, that's for sure. Let me ask uh, one, one last question for Sean here. Is there a better positional player than Darwin Nunez in the Premier League right now at finding more <laughs> space and having chances, whether or not he puts them away? Because I see, I see that man with the ball at his feet in such good positions nonstop. He's chaos, man, running no. chaos. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the perfect word for him is chaos. Um, to your point, he does find himself in in all the right places. He's got great pace, got great size. I think it just comes down to him not pressing as much. And I don't I'm not talking about pressing in terms of soccer tactic t- tactics. Excuse me, just like mentally pressing. I think he's trying to do a little bit too much, too soon. Um, but like James said, once once he starts putting a couple in and builds his confidence, I think he could be really, really scary in the second half of the year and, and finish maybe, you know, 15, 15 league goals, maybe somewhere around there um, if everything starts going. I mean, he leads the league in missed chances. Um, <laughs> and second and second place is also a Liverpool player in Mo Salah. So um, it's been a rough first half of the year, but a couple of those chances start going the other way. Uh, and you never know. I believe the great Michael Scott said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, Wayne Gretzky. So let's hope that <laughs> Liverpool gets that back into their stride for your sake, Sean. I'm fine. I've, I've taken your abuse for the past few years, and I'm ready to uh, bask in the sunlight. That is the Gunners right now. But everybody, I hope you bask in the sunlight of our trailer, our preview for our podcast, as you can tell, we're all extremely trained professionals at podcasting. Good joke. Years of practice. But uh, we're excited. This is something that we've been hoping to get going for a little bit now, and we're diving halfway through the season. So catch us on Tuesday next week with our Better Late Than Ever Season 1, Episode 2 after this pilot. So wherever you are, have a great rest of your morning. Have a good rest of your evening. And good night.